What's up, basketball fans? My name is Jason Martin, here with my boy Andy Cordell, and this is 808s and Fast Breaks, a weekly basketball discussion that rarely ends up being about just basketball. episode 29 of 808s and fast breaks this is gonna be part two of our nba 2022-2023 season preview where we'll be diving into our western conference predictions um mainly on a team basis we're gonna spend some time here going through our different tiers starting with the worst teams and working our way up to the the true contenders in this western conference which is deeper than ever so this is this is hard to predict uh i think we're gonna have some actual real debate on this one we didn't really prepare too much in terms of like talking back and forth me and andy here we we made our lists and we we pressed record so here we yeah are. we're sending this bitch <laughs> yeah um so with that being said let's get right into it our first tier I'm calling it the Tankathon tier. Uh, <laughs> 12 through 15. Uh, you can start with 15. You can start with 12. You can give me all four. However, you'd like to do it, Andy. Start us off here uh, with the yeah. bottom feeders of the Western Conference. The bottom feeders. Oof. You know, let's just do 14 and 15. So at 15, I got Oklahoma. Um, and you know what? I was thinking, oh, you know, okay, see, I mean, they have some really good young players, right? There's some cohesiveness, you know, Josh Giddy and SGA playing another year together. I was like, you know, that's a pretty good backcourt, you know? And then all of a sudden you start looking at the whole team without Chet and you're like, ah, I see, you know? Like, that's the terrible thing with, like, being so young in a sense. Like, I, you know, SGA has been in the league for quite some time, but it's like there's not enough pieces around him. No matter how much veteran leadership he has, it's just, it's just going to tough be tough to win games um and at number 14 i have the rockets um i think this is a good place for them and i don't think it's a bad place at all like they understand that they're going through another rebuild i think the biggest question is what step is jalen green gonna take right in terms of like defining himself as the go-to scorer on that team right i think kpj has kind of embraced more of being kind of like a flashy point guard where he does try to distribute the ball more than he did in his earlier stint in Cleveland. Um, So I think that kind of shows where the shot selection is going to go, right? But then the other question is Jabari, right? Like how quickly is he going to adapt to that system? Because he's going to have to overcompensate a lot on the defensive end. And I just don't want to throw that type of pressure on a rookie. Like I have no expectations. The team is just super young. So that's just kind of how I felt about the first two right there. Yeah, and... Just to make sure I heard it right, you said you had you had the the Thunder as the worst team and the Rockets mm-hmm. as fourteen. Okay, yep. I had the same thing, just flipped. Ah, um, uh, yeah, yeah. And I saw like people responding to some of our TikTok clips and stuff, saying like, "There's no way the Spurs aren't going to be the worst team in the league." When we were saying that uh, the Pacers were going to be the worst in the league, but I I don't know. It, like when you actually break down the the starting lineup, <coughs> start looking at the kind of guys that these teams are going to be playing. Hope you're doing okay over there, my friend. <laughs> my bad, my bad. <laughs> you're good. Um, no, when you actually start looking at the rosters for, for Houston and OKC, it's pretty bleak, especially with that Chet injury. Like for Houston, 
like I don't know who they're gonna start at point guard, right? I mean, it's probably KPJ, like you're saying, right? But but he's not like he's not a traditional point guard, as you said. We saw no. the flashes, but like he's he's a scorer at his core, I think. So it's just tough. Like you have guys like like Ty Ty Washington is an intriguing rookie that they picked up. You just saw flashes. You saw flashes from Dacian Nix uh, from the the G League Ignite team a couple years ago. He had flashes in the in the summer league. But it's just like, dude, it's it's a lot of really, really young guys. Like their actual roster looks like a summer league roster. It looks like a G like a younger G League team. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And it's, like, it's, it's kind of no crazy. Slight. Like they're they're mm-hmm. right where they want to be uh, in their rebuilding process. They have a couple cornerstones in Jalen Green and, and Jabari Smith Jr. And like I, I know you you and me both agree Jabari we thought was gonna be the best player coming out of this draft. I still believe yeah, so. Me too. Not my pick for rookie of the year because of the environment he landed in <laughs> right but, but uh you know i still think he's gonna be a really productive nba player and hopefully an all-star one day so we'll see and then with the thunder you, you i'll just kind of echo what you said you know there, there's really two i'll add a third guy to be like super excited about i want to see what lou dort's gonna be able to do now that he has that new oh contract. right right um and he's probably penciled into that starting three spot i imagine they start like one of the jalen williams or something like that uh and then at the two yeah i don't even know man it's just like they're they're probably gonna have the most starting lineups of any of the teams who know who knows what they're gonna do i know their size um, is so weird dude right because you do have some like really big guys and then you have just like this disparity right but with chet out in, in the lineup i feel like they're gonna have to run bigger at some point for sure for sure and I'll kind of start moving us into the next half of this tank of the mm-hmm. tier here, 12 and 13. I imagine we have the same teams again, even if the order is a little bit different. I had the Jazz finishing 12th and the Spurs finishing 13th. Same. Same. Okay, perfect. Yep. So we get the four teams in here. So I just kind of wanted to pose the question to you. Mm-hmm. Is there any way that we have like, like that, it, that kind of flips on us and the Jazz and the Spurs are the worst and, the younger teams in, in the Thunder yes. and Rockets are somehow 12 and 13. Like what has to break right in your mind, either wrong for, for the Spurs and Jazz or right for the Thunder and Rockets for something like that to transpire? Okay, so I think for Utah, I think they still have some pretty solid players, but I know that they're not going to want to give out like their new fresh assets, let's be honest. They got Laurie Markinen and they got Colin Sexton, who I think both are pretty good players. But we have questions on where, whether Colin's going to be super productive, right? He's coming off injury. And Laurie, like, he had his flashes sometimes, but he never, like, owned up to taking more of an offensive role in Cleveland. That's unfortunately why they kind of passed him. They have these other bigs now that can compensate for him. So now that Laurie's coming in and he can stretch the floor, <clears throat> I think it's kind of like where he's going to kind of step in too and see where his offensive game goes. Because if he's the same player that he was in Cleveland, dude, like Utah could be bad. (laughs) You know, if he he does the same shit. Uh, And then I guess for San Antonio, I really don't know. Like the only reason why I have them like higher than 14th is because of pop. Like, you know, I still think they're a relatively young team too. But I mean, there's like hidden gems in there, like Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson, right? Jeremy Sochan is a huge question mark that I think could be so cool if he becomes like a Draymond esque ish player. But to me, I don't really see any of them like leading the offense. I feel like it's going to be a very team oriented offense. 
No, right? absolutely. Like <clears throat> I don't think any of those guys. They're not, probably not gonna have a twenty point per game score. Per game score on, on the Spurs. Yeah, but I mean, like the same could be said uh, of the Jazz, right? Like who who's scoring twenty points on that team? Maybe Jordan Clarkson, right? But what I was gonna say is that there's totally a path here for the Jazz trade their other key guys. They already traded Bogdanovich, right? Uh, to, right to Detroit, and. They still have Jordan Clarkson on that roster, and they still have Mike Conley on that roster on pretty sizable contracts, if I remember correctly. So those those could be salary filler in any sort of trade um, where they're taking on other people's salary um, for for a playoff contending team that that wants a a solid bench guy or a backup point guard in Conley. I mean, Clarkson was sixth man of the year not too long ago. So these guys right. are still very productive NBA players. They're just no longer in a contending situation. So we'll, we'll see what happens with them. And if those guys are gone, you start looking at the, the jazz roster and it's, it's bleak, man. It's really bleak that that's a bottom, bottom team. Right. When you look at rockets, (laughs) if you look at the roster and you're like, okay, like we're not talking like elite scorers in the league, but like who can actually get buckets on this team. And when you look at it, you're like Colin Sexton, Jordan Clarkson, Taylor maybe Horton Malik Tucker. Yeah, maybe Malik Beasley every like five nights. Yeah. And it's just I mean, the, it sucks. The other thing the other thing is I, I think the other disparity, the reason why I think ultimately the Jazz end up in that twelve thirteen bubble as opposed to the fourteen fifteen and finishing with bottom lottery odds, like they I imagine they'd prefer with uh Wembenyama and, and Scoot in this next year's draft. Mm-hmm. They think they're bad NBA players, you know, in, in air quotes, are like NBA veterans. Like you just said, Beasley. You just said, um, like they have Jared Butler, right? They have mm-hmm. Jared Vanderbilt. Sorry, uh, Lori Markinen. Like he's a vet now. As, as mm-hmm. much as we make fun of him, they got Cody Zeller, right? They got Nikhil Alexander Walker, um, Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley's a vet of all vets, right? So it's like, right? Even until these guys are traded, like they have productive guys. All the all the guys that we think are kind of intriguing on on these other teams are so young. So it's such a wild card that. You got to give the Jazz the benefit of the doubt and and finishing just outside of the play-in. Good for them, right? Right, <laughs> right. Gosh, they also have Rudy Gay too, right? If I'm not mistaken, too. Yeah, they do have Rudy Gay, but I mean, they got they got Rudy Gay in his 16th year. I mean, man, this is where it's like, I feel like Utah is one move away from just absolutely blowing this shit up. And I mean, it's I, the direction I, they want to go too, right? With the, I don't with the understand trade, Mitchell trade. Because, like, I understand, like, this, this as we go down the list for the Western Conference, you're, we're going to see such an increase of talent coming back. It's so competitive. And it's like, okay, at this point, there are certain players on your team that you could really trade for that would really help you tank harder. And I think they should really try to ship Jordan Clarkson out. You know what I mean? And have him come off the bench. And I'm sure some team out there is willing to give draft compensation for I Jordan. I think the Lakers Clarkson. would give a first round pick for him. <clears throat> well, there you go. And he would be so good on the Lakers coming off the bench. Right. And it's it's just it's just so funny because I feel like Utah, it's like, what did they do recently? Um No, never mind. That was the Oklahoma City Houston thing. But it's just like Utah has just been like Basically tanking at this point, it's like I, I'd rather just see a full commit, like break everybody apart. You know what I mean? That Utah Jazz team had its run, 
and now it's like you have remnants of it like that just never works out for a team you know it's almost like a spit in the face sometimes to the players in a sense too right it's like okay you You gotta you gotta commit one way or another yeah Um, yeah but let's let's uh move into this this next tier enough enough time talking about the shitty teams (laughs) little babies Little babies. Let's let's kind of talk about the the play in teams here in the West. And for me, I'm calling that seven to eleven. I think that's what we decided on. Okay. Um, so let's start with eleven, ten, and eleven. Let's just go there. Like, who do you okay. think is the last one in and the first one out? And give me that reasoning in regards to the plan. Um. <sighs> So the play in, right? So it's like teams nine and ten, right? No, Get like a compete. Give me ten and eleven. Give me the oh, last give me 10, one 11. in and the first one out. First one out. Okay. So the last one would be Portland. You think Portland's ten? Oh no, I think Portland's eleven. Nah, so I'm trying. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, Christ. that's my- have you sorry, ever seen sorry. March Madness? It, the, no. The last four in are the last four that made the tournament. The first four out are the last four that didn't. Oh, okay. My bad. So yeah, at ten I have Sacramento. Sorry for confusing you. <laughs> yeah, and at eleven I have Portland. Okay, would you have ten? Sacramento. Mm, okay, so all right, you're you're in the you're in the the Kings bandwagon here. You think they're gonna break the the playoff streak? I mean, no. <laughs> they're gonna make the play in, and okay. then they're gonna okay, lose. Okay. <laughs> but so they they have they're not going to make the playoffs. Do you do you yeah. genuinely think that the Kings are going to be better than the Blazers? I'm intrigued only because I know you're a big Trailblazers fan. So oh, okay. Give me the flip side of it. Why are you so down on Portland? What like Dame's coming back? Exciting right. new rookie. Nurk's healthy. CJ's gone. We got Anthony who's like blossoming. There's it seems to be all good. Why are you down on Portland? Not even making the plan. I don't think Portland's going to make the plan, bro. Okay, one, I think this is the season to trade Dame if you do it. The other thing, too, though, is like on one end, offensively, we have a lot of firepower, but dude, we have nobody on our fucking team to stop anybody. Like nobody. Bro, yeah, they do, man, they got they have a, like okay, Josh. Like, Hart Nas- is okay, really Nasser. Good defender. Nasser okay, so Josh really Hart and Gary GP two is a really good defender. <laughs> Jeremy Grant's a really good defender. Nurk is a really good defender when he's locked in and healthy, which he seems to be. I don't know, man. That's no, <sighs> nah, dude. Got, I think you it's two. You got two, maybe three. You got we don't two know heavy guards. You got two. You know, minus defenders that are going to play high minutes for you in Anthony and Dame. Other than that. It seems better than they've done in the past. I think I'm just saying. I think you might be a little jaded on Portland years past. I don't know, dude. They might have put it together this year a little bit better. I don't see it happening. I see like full, full offensive firepower, and it's not going to work out because Dame can't be averaging 40 a game to try to keep this game, like team afloat. It's not going to happen. All right, we'll see. We'll see, man. All right, let's let's look at this. They they're gonna start their see. Oh, good God! Okay, they're gonna start their season. Here's their first ten games for Portland. I want you to give me a prediction. Do you keep 
as I'm as I'm going through these, just rapid fire in your head, WL, and keep track of it, right? What okay. do you think Portland's record is going to be after the first 10 games? And then based off of your prediction, do you think there will already be rumors that Dame is going to be traded? So I'll start reading them off. They play Sacramento first. Do you think they win? Uh, at Sacramento. Homo, uh, no. That's their first game. No. Loss? Yes. All right. Phoenix, home in Portland. Loss. Okay. At Lakers. Dub. Okay. Uh, home, Denver. I'll actually be at that game. Loss. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> uh, Miami, home. Loss. Memphis, home. Loss. Then they have two games against Phoenix back to back in Phoenix. Loss. Both no, no, them? actually, no, no. They'll win one. They'll win one and they'll lose one. Okay. Then they have continuing that road trip. They go to Miami and then Charlotte. You think they probably lose Miami, win Charlotte? Yeah. So starting, you have them starting the season three and seven. Yeah. And do you think at that point there will all at that point will already be basically mid November? Will be two weeks out from Thanksgiving. Do you think that there will be the trade Dame talks? Oh, there's going to be rumors for sure. Because not like rumors. no, not rumors, because we've had rumors for years. Do you think there's okay, gonna be for real trade trade talks? Talk? Yes. Has to be this season, bro. Because let me tell you, this fucking riles me up. You take Dame and you fucking put him anywhere in the goddamn league. It is shaking up that team. Now the problem is I can't think of a trade right now without giving up a whole ass team. It's the same with the Bradley Beal situation. Or Or Kevin Durant. But if there is some way Dame can be moved, it is this season. There are so many teams gunning it this year. Okay. Just let me let me let me give you his contract now. Oh Jesus Christ. Everyone listening, Andy thinks this is the guy that's gonna be traded this season. The season where he's paid $42 million, and in the following season, he's going to make 45 and then the one after that, he's going to make 48 and then the one after, after that, he's going to make 58 and then the one after that, he has an option for 63 The dude's locked in until 2026. He doesn't have an option until 2027. He needs think to get traded, to trade bro. This year, after <laughs> yeah. reloading everything. I know. Why did he sign that stupid? No, bro, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I I'm with you if it's what you if, if it's what you think that they should do, that's fine, but I, calling it as their prediction, that seems foolish. I'm just being honest with you. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Definitely even what they want. Even if they're trash, they could go 0-10 in those first 10 games, and they're not going to trade Dame. They're not going to seriously consider any of it. I hope it happens. And dude. you know that's true, bro. You know it's I know. True. I know. I just don't see any of this shit working with the Blazers, bro. I don't. Nothing's been nothing's changed. Okay. We're, in my we're gonna we, you're gonna have to make it your life's mission to watch those first ten games. You gotta watch them yeah. all. Every yeah. possession. And then we're yeah. gonna have a very serious conversation before Thanksgiving about whether Dame should be traded. But let's, he needs let's, to. Let's move to the other team here. Sacramento. Sacramento. So Sacramento is everyone's favorite team right now, and that should make everyone nervous. <laughs> yeah. When everyone is rooting for a team that has a horrible history, run away. 
don't place any bets on this team. <laughs> it's okay to root for the Cinderella story, but it, don't place any bets on this team other than Keegan Murray maybe being rookie of the year. We I, we put that in. Yeah, we already put that in. Yeah, we already put but, that uh, in. I don't know, yeah. man. I, I have the same thing but flipped. I think the Kings are just looking outside of the plan, wondering what the hell happened, and the Blazers are just going to make it off the back of Dame because he said he's the healthiest he's been in years. He addressed that abdominal issue that he's said he's been plaguing him for years and he's been dealing with for all this time. Hasn't been right. So I think we're going to see Dame, like MVP-level Dame, first-team All-NBA. And if we get that, that's good enough for 40 wins alone in my book. So I think with the, the squad they've put around him, they can easily get a few more wins. And I got him just sneaking into the plan. Uh, and now let's let let's talk about my team now because I got the Lakers nine. Mm. I got the Lakers nine. I'm ready to move them up with what I'm seeing in the preseason from AD. I'm excited. Mm. I'm Sounds like excited. you're hungry. Are you yeah, salivating? Hungry. Yeah. Kendrick Nunn looks yeah. really really good as a bench guy. So nice, bro. Stupid. Yeah. Like stupid so nice. Stupid nice. There, there seem to be some young guys who can shoot, right? I'm really liking what I see there. And like if you get LeBron and AD healthy for 60 to 65 games throughout the season, they're winning 45 of them. At least. Minimum. They're gonna win At 45 least. of those games. So I think as long as as long as they can stay healthy, we go as far as they take us, you know. I, I I'm not as gun ho as everyone is about trading Russell Westbrook away like as soon as possible, all this stuff. Right? Like I just let it play out. You know, Patrick Beverly seems like a great addition. Maybe he lights a fire under Russ. We know they have a history. I've seen weirder things, you know, seen weirder things in sports. Dennis Schroeder coming back is, is a nice perimeter option because we were lacking with creation last year, especially when LeBron wasn't on the court. So I just, I just like the, some of the stuff that they were able to do. Uh, and then they have a lot of athletic bigs because the stuff that we were really good at when we won the championship, rebounding interior defense, we got to get that identity back. So I like some of the stuff that that they've done there. And all they need to do is give themselves a chance. That's why I have them in the plan. I think they're still mm-hmm. in the championship. They're the only team I would call a championship contender in the play-in group. You know, right? Because all they need right. is a, a a date to the ball, <laughs> and, and they'll make it worthwhile. Honestly, all they need is just a run. That's the thing with Braun-led teams is sometimes there's just a run that kills everything for a couple weeks where LeBron's dominating. And the thing is, if 80's in there with him, I still don't think anybody can guard Anthony Davis when he's locked in. No, yeah, have one month where they go like 12 and yeah, or something. Yeah, that's what I'm and, saying. If That's always yeah. possible with a LeBron-led team. And the Lakers, like, dude, with the scoring pieces. So this is funny. I actually have them eighth. The what Lakers. You have ninth then? Minnesota. Mm, okay. Now, this is how you, know, how you feel like you could move up the Lakers a little bit. For me, I have a pretty similar feeling with Minnesota. I have watched a couple Timberwolves like preseason like games. I'll catch a little bit of it and then I'll watch some highlights too. D'Angelo Russell looks really, really good, dude. Like, and I know it's the preseason, right? But it's like, damn, like over the past couple years, I've always felt like D'Lo always looked like he was missing a step, 
right? He's always recovering from injury somehow, some way. And this is like, there's this one play. It was crazy. He calls for a screen on the pick and roll. He rejects the screen and he posterizes somebody. And I was like, I haven't seen that D'Lo since he was Lakers, you know, like young D'Lo trying to go and actually attack the rim. And it's because he's lost a lot of pep in his step. But this season, if D'Lo like plays a true point guard, like you're looking like 18, five and five with Anthony Edwards, Gobert and Cat, like that's such a high variability team for me because Gobert is now like the fourth offensive option. That's super good for him to be immersed in that role. There is going to be not not a, like a huge super change, in my opinion, from the Utah system, except now I think he'll get easier lobs because everyone's stretching the floor. So we'll see how that goes, you know? But I no, think they I, could hey, move I'm, up. I'm with you. I'm, I'm even higher on the Timberwolves. I actually have them as Ooh. seventh in this group. Ooh, nice, nice, uh, nice. And then I have them, to close it out, I have the Mavs eight. So to, for my list, I had Timberwolves mm. Seven, Mavs eight, Lakers nine, Blazers ten, Kings eleven. Um, but just to to go in on that Timberwolves thought that you just had with with what Gobert provides and D'Lo and all this stuff, I have the same thought with Gobert. But just one other thing to add on is think about what he's gonna provide for Cat on the offensive end when you know Cat doesn't have to bang with centers on defense. I know you move him to the four, all of a yeah, sudden shit starts getting weird. Defense, and it's like, I know there's been some talk that like he's going to have to chase around these wings and that's going to tire him out even more and all this stuff. And I kind of think the opposite because the weakest position on the floor a lot of the times is the four, right? It's a guy that is kind of always been a, in years past would have been a tweener, right? Tweener. He's just, or yep. he's just a shooter or there's just their defensive guy. Or whatever it is, it's kind of it seems to be a utility player in a lot of cases, right? Not every right. time, but a lot of cases. Um, so if that's the guy that they're, you know, Kate, they're able to hide Cat a little bit more on defense, and he's able to just be an offensive weapon. So right. That's something that I'm really looking forward to. One thing I'm a little hesitant on with that, though, like I, I'm not as high on D'Lo, and I actually think that like that might be like a a guy that could be a trade candidate throughout the season for other teams. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Because I think they believe in Anthony Edwards a lot more. Of course. Um, yeah. They probably want to develop his playmaking, his ball handling. Um, and it's starting to become a lot of mouths to feed. Like, I know D'Lo's cat's guy. Um, and I'm going to pull it up. I don't have their roster pulled up here. But it just kind of starts to feel that way, right? Like, here, they have... They have um, they brought in Austin Rivers. They brought in, let's see, Kyle Anderson. They have Jalen Noel, who is decent for them. And Edwards is kind of like a pseudo point guard, right? So I don't know. It's just, it, it, it's interesting to me. Like, what if they could go out and trade D'Lo and bring in more of like a, a couple defensive minded guards to make up for Edwards and, and make up for Kyle Anderson and a couple of these guys who they could put in there, right? Who, who aren't either at, like you know as athletic in, in Anderson's case or as bought in on defense as we, from what we've seen with Edwards like I just think that there's that's probably the asset that they have I think he's on an expiring deal like there's there's got to be something there with with D'Lo if they decide they want to do something that's the big big thing right um but let's talk about the only other team we haven't talked about here and I, I mentioned the Mavericks at eight who did you have at eight the Lakers Lakers. Lakers. Okay, so give me your yeah. seven to eleven real quick, just so I have a okay. in my head. So at seven, I have the Pelicans. 
At Ooh, eight, okay. I have the Lakers. Okay. At nine, I have Minnesota, Sacramento, Portland. Okay. Okay. So now we're kind of we're 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 naturally progressing in, in these, mm-hmm. these next you know groups here. So we mentioned every other team. We just it's Pelican seven for you, right? Mm-hmm. What what mm-hmm. makes them seven for you? I have them six in my next group to start talking about the next group. So right around the same point, but. What are you excited about with the Pelicans? We don't need to maybe evaluate them, but like, what makes you right. excited? They were a play-in team last year. They were kind of like the shock of, of the playoffs, giving Phoenix a run for their money. Like, In what ways do you think they improved and what makes them that exciting team to you? Um, I think the biggest thing is just gravity, right? We talk about gravity a lot in basketball, how if you're a threat on any, t- any spot on the floor, really, right? You're going to drag more players around you. And who better than Zion, right? The walking human magnet. Because they know if they don't even get near him, it's over, right? He's got a gravitational force, man. <laughs> he's, he's, and he's you know mass, what? As a massive human being. <laughs> he, he looks great. He looks healthy. He looks happy, right? He, he seems motivated and driven. And that's the thing, too, is like, you know, He's been out injured, but he's been able to observe and watch his team. And like, I think any professional athlete that has to sit for an extended period of time is able to see the floor from a different perspective. Coming into that, I think Zion's going to be able to pick and choose more of where his spots are going to be, right? And where he's going to be effective. Now, I don't know if the whole point Zion thing's actually going to start making its way, but how I see it is what's the point in doing that right now? If you have all of these other like shot creators around you, all these good players, let Zion use his gravity when he's, you know, driving to the rim, but let CJ run point or let Brandon Ingram have the ball in ISO, right? And then um, I think it's who's the who's the kid? It's not Herb, because Herb's gotten better too, but they have a three point shooter who's crazy. It's uh, like Trey Murphy. Trey, Trey Murphy. And he's long and athletic. And so you now you have like a wing, right, on top of Herb. It's like, that's kind of insane. All of a sudden, the versatility in this lineup, and not to even mention Jonas, who's going to be able to eat on everything because everything's going to go towards Zion. So if he misses a layup, Jonas is going to be right there to clean up too. And, so, then, and, then, and then on the bench, you got Jackson Hayes and Larry Nance. Dude, and Larry Nance is nice. This is a team that's genuinely take 10 to 11 deep with solid NBA players. Oh, yeah. Which is cool. Like, I I get real Grizzlies vibes from this team. That's why I had them a little bit higher at six. Mm, Like their resurgence. It's a natural comparison. It's it's a little bit of a lazy one, honestly, because of the Zion and Jaws, same draft class. Um, That's an easy comparison with the one-two thing. Um, But... I'm just going off as a team, right? You look at what the Grizzlies did a couple of years ago. They were in that play-in game, I think, against the Warriors, right? They lost. Um, gave them a real good run for their money, right? And that was in the bubble, if I'm remembering it all correctly, just a couple of years ago now. But they didn't make it, though. And then they follow it up last year with getting over 50 wins. Even when Jaw was out there, great team. You know, they're they're super deep. Um they they win a playoff series. They have this crazy battle with Golden State again in the semifinals, and they just show that they're a very much improved team, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I kind of anticipate much of the same with the Pelicans. 
similar trajectory, right? Uh, they they go, they win the play in, right? They they get into a highly competitive series against the Suns. They give them a good run for their money, and now it's like you bring back one of maybe the twenty to twenty five best players in the league. On top of that, in Zion, as you mentioned, so. I mean, that's not like an easy fit, right? That's not, it's easier said than done. You're like, oh, we get one of the best guys in the league back. Easy, we'll be way better, right? Mm-hmm. And that's usually a big challenge for a coach. But Willie Green got buy-in from his team. You saw yep. energy. You saw a lot of the stuff that, you know, the Celtics had with Ime Udoka, and they just went to the fucking finals, right? I, yep. A very similar vibe, right? The intensity, the, the energy that they were bringing for their coach. Um. And I just think that you're going to see them vault in the standings a little bit more. I don't think home court advantage or anything like that with the Grizzlies did because that was kind of lightning in a bottle. Uh, right. But I do think you're going to see the Pelicans hopefully uh, do well enough to to avoid the play-in altogether and, and nab that sixth spot. Who did you have in the sixth spot? Oh, man. All right. This is where I think things are going to start getting a little rowdy. Okay. At number six, I have at number six, I have the Grizzlies. Let's all let's fucking do it. Why so low? Why so low on the Grizzlies? It's not necessarily that I think that the Grizzlies got worse or anything, but I think there are certain acquisitions that are going to be like apparent because when I tell you number five, that that's the main reason why. Tell me number five. Mavericks. Okay. So why do you think? Why do you think the Mavericks are going to be better than the Grizzlies? I think it's just because the bolster of position at eight to see, you know, you got the Mavericks at eight. Mm-hmm. I'll tell Dude. you, what. I'm going to give you your okay. time. I'll tell you why in a minute. Okay. So for me, I don't know. This is just like kind of like a weird feeling for me with the whole John Morant situation. I think they overachieved last year. I think they overachieved. I think health did play into them being higher in the seed. And, you know, the teams above them, I think, still will be able to cohesively play a little better. Don't get me wrong. I think the Grizzlies are a great team when they play. But my thing, too, is I still kind of feel awkward about last season when Ja Morant didn't play for an extended period of time and they still had success. So I don't know if Ja is going to be able to take another step again for this team. I think as of right now, like this is what we're going to have to expect from John. I think what we're expecting now is everybody around him grows even better. And I can't really see that from Jaron Jackson just because I draft him every fucking year in fantasy and he's still he's still one of the hottest or the coldest scores in the NBA. Like it, <laughs> it could be half the game. It could be a 21 and 12 night. And you're like, this is beautiful. This is what John needs as his second man. And he's got like three, four blocks. But then another night, he'll be like four points, three rebounds, six fouls. If that's your second best player with all of these other teams acquiring like either a healthy star back or I think for the Mavericks, they bolstered even heavier on their bigs. Like I just, I feel like teams got better above the Grizzlies. And I think they're still a young team, and I think other teams are ready to kind of take that step forward. And that's just kind of how I feel about it. Okay. 
I, I we need to move to the Mavericks now because okay. I have some thoughts. <laughs> okay, I'm excited. I'm excited because I think the Mavericks are going to be really good. I, I, I'm not saying they're not going to be good, right? I, I do think right. they're going to be good, but I do, I do vehemently disagree with you when you say they bolstered their lineup. I think that is like the opposite of what Dallas did. What? They? You don't think so? Dude, you spent you spent five minutes in our last podcast telling me how much of a baller Jalen Brunson was. They lost him, dude. They lost their second best player. I know. Their second best scorer. Their second. Oh no, no. Their second best distributor. Their second best ball handler. They lost their second best everything, except for rebounding. Which yeah, they got JaVale McGee and they got Christian Wood, who's quit on his last two teams and is coming off the bench. By the way, he's just their six man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's their six man. And I, I've heard on another podcast that the reason Jason Kidd is probably doing that is because he's testing Christian Wood, right, to see mm-hmm. if he's ready to buy in for the team. And when he does, he'll get to start. Right. I don't believe Christian Wood would do that. Well, he's given us no reason to believe that he plays for any reason other than his own stats. You know, it's like, and he's a decent player, but he's just—he's never contributed to winning. Spencer Dinwiddie is a really decent player, but he's super streaky. And then after that, like you're relying on, like Luca's a great guy to rely on. Luca's 45 wins. You know, that's easy right there. Done. Maybe 50 by himself. And if that's the case, like if Luca, here's the thing. Here's the biggest thing. If Luca misses 15 games, this team's going to go like two and 13 in those 15 games. And that's what I worry about because Luca played so much basketball this summer with Eurobasket. And he is in really good shape because of that. But that's also a lot, a lot of minutes a miles. on your body over the whole year round. He, he had his first year in the NBA where he went deep into the postseason. He went to the conference finals. He played basketball deep into May. He went right into Eurobasket with Slovenia. And now he's right back in training camp. He did not have a single break. And like that was really good for Jokic last year. He won an MVP off of it. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you I don't have a couple uh, bets that, that Luka's going to win MVP, because I do. Right? <laughs> but I don't know, dude. I just, like, I, I can't be, I, I just can't get myself to be sold on the Mavs as a team as much as I really like Luka. That's all it is. Okay. Okay, can I, can I justify my point when I say that I think they bolstered their front no, their front I, court. I agree. Like, they like bolstered. They brought in. Well, when you say bolstered, like they brought in Javale McGee and they brought in Christian right, Wood. Right. And then here's the cool thing, though, and this is why I think they're gonna have a really interesting thing with Luca because, okay, you know Dorian Finney-Smith is gonna start and Reggie Bullock probably, right? You're probably because of Tim Hardaway Junior's back. I know, but do you think Tim Hardaway's gonna start at the beginning of the season? Why wouldn't he? Because Reggie's been playing so fucking nice. But Tim Hardaway played better than Reggie ever did. And uh, you know what? That's true. But honestly, from what, from what I was thinking is I think Tim was going to start coming off the bench and then we'll move see. his way into we'll the see. starting lineup. I think it'd be foolish, honestly, because Hardaway is more athletic. Like better he defender. is. He's, and he's a monster. Honestly, I love Tim Hardaway. He's like, his like shot's so beautiful. He's the random guy. He's the random guy who could score 50. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And then, okay, so then... Either way, you interchange. You have the shooters. You have Dorian Finney-Smith, 
right? And this is what's kind of interesting. It's like, okay, if Christian Wood's coming off the bench, you're probably starting JaVale. But then when you sub out, Lucas still has weapons on the floor coming in, whether it's David Bertans or Kleba, right? Or Dwight Powell. Like, like there's just a lot of easy buckets for Luca to create. And I don't think it's like necessarily straining their benches as much as I think it would. You, you feel it's me? Not, it's not straining the bench. I, I, no, I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you. Right. But who, what is the name that you mentioned like six times throughout your explanation that has to make it go? Luca. Yeah. I know. I think he's going to do if it. He, dude, that, if he misses any time at all, this team's in the plan. Like he has to play 75 games this year. Yeah. And they need to go, they need to win 50 games out of those 70 for them to be in the position that you're predicting them to be in. Yeah, dude, I think the they West can do it. That good. I think the, I fifth know. Seed, the fifth seed is going to be a 50 win team in the West, 49, 50 win team. And that's and where I, just, I don't, th- I, I think I'm a little bit higher on the Pelicans because of the depth. If okay. someone gets hurt, they just did the whole season last year without Zion. Like they know how to do it. And then the other big, big part of it is do you think the Mavericks can play defense like they did last year? No, probably not. And but that was the hallmark of their team. Team. I know. So it's like, dude, they I so know. hold on. Let me get this one thing out. Well, this is like the why I've just firmly I, I just think they're gonna make the playoffs, you know, even if they're via the play in, I think they make the playoffs. But why I can't get get as high on them as a five seed, I think is what you said you had them as. Mm-hmm. I have them at five. Is because they lost their second best player and they lost maybe like 70% or they'll only be able to perform 70% of their second best asset, which was defense, team defense. So like those, that's the thing where I'm saying like, you, you bring in, you, you bring in Dinwiddie back, but like Dinwiddie's never been known as a defender. Defender. And like Hardaway Jr. is a decent defender. I'll give him that. But like, I don't know, Bullock bought in. Kleba routinely was getting, Kleba and Bertans were like routinely getting cooked. Worked. Yeah. I know. But you have Dorius Finney Smith. I think there's still like, going to be like, some I do level. I like Dorian Finney Smith. I'm not going to lie. He's a solid role player. But at the so same good. time, it's like, I mean, Dorian Finney Smith is in the same breath as like Royce O'Neal. I think I mean, Dorian Finney Smith, I think you have to give him a little more credit, dude. Offensively, he really stepped up in no, the playoffs, you know? Royce, but Royce on. Royce O'Neal was a guy for the Jazz for that whole stretch with Mitchell and Gobert, who was sitting in the corner making corner. plays and being up the best yeah. guy in the other court. Yeah, that's kind of what Dorian Finney-Smith does, dude. I mean, right? I'm just saying, like, it, it doesn't need to be one to one, but that's the tier he's in. Yeah, that's the tier he's in for sure. So, like, I just think he's better. Let's, let's be let's be excited appropriately. Is all I'm that's saying. That's fair. That that is fair. I'm I I I just have a good feeling with the Mavs this year, dude. There's just so much shit that happened in the playoffs this year where I was like, holy fucking shit. Like, this team is elevated. That's the thing. They lost their second best player and it really fucking sucks. But I think they're trying to compensate it in other ways, and I think it'll work. I don't, but we'll see. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll leave it there at, at five for mine. What did you have for yeah, five, by the five, way? At five, I have the Phoenix Suns. 
<laughs> I dropped them. I, I dropped them down a little bit with everything okay. that's been going on with Monty, with Sarver, all of it. It's just too much noise. It's too much noise for me to say they do as good as last year. I don't think they're going to be winning 60 games. I don't think they're winning the West. No. Um, but I think that they could very easily be in that four spot. Honestly, I have the Grizzlies at four. Um, and they could that that could very easily flip flop. Um, but the Suns are, I don't know, man. They're they're just the Suns, right? There's not much to say about them. Their team didn't really change aside from Jay Crowder, who seemingly um, wants out and thinks he's a superstar. Just I'm gonna give a mandatory fuck Jay Crowder, man. I fucking <laughs> Jay Crowder. So annoying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> uh no, they're just like I don't know. They're good, man. They're a good team. Like as as much like you can, it all balances out. I think like you have all this turmoil with Aiton, who's probably going to be playing for himself this year. Let's be honest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then that gets balanced out by Booker, who's an MVP candidate, and CP3, who's going to be CP3. Um, Cam Johnson's going to start in place of Crowder, which is probably due. Better, honestly, he's a really good player. And then McCall Bridges, who's I don't think he's going to be a defensive player of the year candidate again, but he's an all defense guy again, you know? So, you know, they bring back a really good team. They get Darius Arch back from, from that torn ACL. They didn't have them all last year. So that's like a, a solid backup big that gives them a little bit more flexibility, especially if eight and a little bit more movement, a little bit more movement too. That's the thing Dario can put on the floor. The Grizzlies over the Suns is because they proved that they could do a lot without jaw. So I'm kind of banking on a lot of that as they go forward. But what do you think, man? Who who did you have uh, at at four? All right. Well, I think I got Phoenix at four. Um, I don't know. I I honestly don't know because there's a huge question mark with Aiton now, the attitude with the team. I think the whole reason why Phoenix was so good these past two years, other than like, you know, there have been some injuries in the West, is because of their mindset. Their mental fortitude is so strong as a unit, right? Like that's like when I watch Phoenix, I know it's cohesive basketball right ball movement heavy but like you know you definitely have your leaders on the floor cp's a year older i'm worried because as players get older right more injury prone cp does have an injury history and it's like even like two years ago like getting injured in the playoffs like it's just it's just a trend with him he's getting older I don't know how much you're going to ask from D-Book because this man gives you everything. If Phoenix still believes that their championship window is open, not only is every single player going to have to step up, but Devin Booker might have to goddamn average like 35 for this to work, like for them to try to win another championship. And maybe that's just how I feel, but I feel like their window's closed, but they're still a good enough team to make it into a top four seed. Because they, if they only lose Jay Crowder and they add Cam Johnson to the starting lineup, like we predict, like they're still going to be an offensive juggernaut. You know, so that's just kind of how I feel about it. Like if if we were to drop them like below five, I think I'm trying to give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, but a lot of it's going to have to come down to that chemistry thing that I was talking about. So you had so who is give me four five six again for you? Okay, so at four I have Phoenix, five Mavericks, six Grizzlies. Okay. So I'm, 
just to recap, like from where we where we're at, right? Like I think overall, I'm just a little bit higher on the Pelicans, and you're just a little bit higher on the on Mavs. the Mavs. That's yeah, kind of all we flip flopped. Everything else we've been pretty in line with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I said with the Eastern Conference one, let's. It it only took us like a little over thirty minutes to get to the the real contenders. Yeah. <laughs> The true contenders. Any team can win this championship. But yep. in our eyes, there are three legitimate contenders vying for the Western Conference Championship. Give me those teams in your one, two, three order, Andy. I have the Clippers, Golden State, and the Denver Nuggets. I have the exact same order, my friend. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love yep. it. All right. Yep. Well, let's let's just talk about the Clippers then. Why do you why do you think the Clippers is, are going to win the win the West this year? Have At you guys regular season West? Once have year. you have you seen Kawhi's thighs? That'll <laughs> win you a championship, bro. That shit's scary. I mean, like all jokes aside, though, I think we talked about this last year, right? When the Blazers ended up trading Norman Powell and Robert Covington, right? And that was just such a huge thing for the Clippers to add because holy shit, does that add length, versatility? And then you also have Norman, who I think is kind of like underappreciated, especially when he went came in Portland. But he added such a good driving dynamic to the team, right? Like he's a good shooter, like a great spot-up shooter, but he's not willing to settle. You have a player like that coming off your bench, probably. Like, yeah, he'll be a bench player for him. Robert Covington's probably coming off the bench too. It's like, God, they have a lot of wings, like long, lengthy wings, right? And it's like the whole thing with the Clippers too is they've kind of just kind of bought in on Zubac. Harkenstein sometimes plays, right? Some black backup big He's minutes. Gone. Okay. Knicks. Knicks. So then boom, there you go. You got Zubac and then basically they're going to run small ball. And they, they have like such a good switching defense right just every opportunity set up i guess like you could even say the weak link would be john wall but i i watched an interview with john wall and he was like you're gonna ask the third best defender on that team to guard me right and in and yeah right and in return john's probably going to be guarding like the third best player on that team hopefully size wise because depending on the team depending on the matchups but it's like you know like if that's the ballpark of like what you're asking for like I guess like some there's like a huge disparity between what John Wall's actually going to do. I think he's going to have like a pretty good season, but it's not going to be anything close to what it used to be. I see him getting like 14 3 and 3 or like 12 3 and 3, you know. Yeah. And just being a cog in the machine. I I think like the on the John Wall thing, that's been like everyone's big talking point like, "Oh, they got John Wall, right? They got the, they got a new big 3, right? All this stuff, right?" I don't think but he's a part of the big 3. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. There's a it's a big two, and then there's depth, right? A lot of the depth. big news here is that one half of that big two is coming back. It's not that you got John Wall. It's that Kawhi's back, yeah. and healthy, right? And you talked yeah. about his fucking thighs. He looks Jesus like a, he looks Christ. insane. Terminator. Yeah, Terminator esque. Paul George is healthy, right? Paul looks and good in the preseason, bro. You didn't mention Terrence Mann. Oh yeah, and Marcus uh, Morris too. I mean, Jesus Mar- Christ, uh, yeah, Mar- Marcus Morris. They, dude, Amir Coffee had had some good minutes last year. They have Luke mm-hmm. still, who's lights oh. out. Like, oh jeez, 
yeah, dude, seriously, the Clippers got they have so good. You could want in a, in a championship team, and then they have the depth that you could ask for. Oh my God, we didn't even bring up Re- We didn't even bring up Reggie. Yeah, Reggie Jackson. Oh yeah, my God, Jackson. dude, bro. And here's the thing: like, I, I, I was listening to some other podcast today where they mentioned that you know the Clippers they couldn't they couldn't possibly win the one seed in the West this year. They have 15 back to backs. That's 15 games already that Kawhi is not going to play in. So now you're down to 67 games. There's probably going to be five to seven more that he just elects not to play in or doesn't work because of scheduling with his rest schedule. So he's probably there's there's you know there's the 20 games or whatever it is that that Kawhi doesn't play in right there. And I'm like, as long as the other 11 guys on that active roster are good and Kawhi's playing in those 60 games, yeah, they're going to go 48 and 12 in them. So yeah. it doesn't matter. It literally does not matter. This team is. It pains me to say it as a Lakers fan, but they're so good. They're going to kick the Lakers' ass a couple times this year. Honestly, I'm, it's going to be embarrassing. Couple, I bet we get a couple, I mean, at least one win. But they're going to they're going to embarrass us one game. And you know, I know the John Wall thing is like being hella blown out, and I get that because like you know we haven't seen him play. Right, he's coming off major injuries. Like we're really going to see him be able to play for like a full season, hopefully, right? Or as many games as his body can play. But the one thing that I really think works with the Clippers well is like running the fast break, and that is John Wall's bread and butter. And what's so crazy is like I was watching some of the preseason. You know, he's not going a hundred percent, and it's just like you see him diving to the rim with the space, or he grabs a rebound and just pushes it. It's like oh my gosh, what a perfect environment. And that's what I think the Clippers are going to win a lot this year is kind of with fast break opportunities too. Because like in the half court setting, I feel like there's a lot more iso ball than than actual playmaking. And maybe John Wall can help with that. But he also like when he played in his prime, he led the league in like dribbles uh, like per possession. So it's like, I don't know how much like ball creation is going to happen in the half court but in terms of like fast break opportunities i think the clippers might be one of the best in the league yeah now just just able to play a variety of different ways like you're saying Mm -hmm. um and let's let's not forget about the other two teams here who are are able to do you know a lot of the same things same things you know the we we both have the warriors at two it sounds like and the nuggets at three so i'll kind of pose two questions with that we can do one at a time here um, why the Warriors over the Nuggets, in your opinion? And is there any chance, just in general, for the Warriors and Nuggets? Like, what is what has to break right? Kind of like what we were saying for the bottom teams. Like, what would right. have to break right for for the Nuggets or the Warriors to take the one seed over the Clippers? You can go in either of those, whatever you want to do. I think for me personally, and this is just me, I'll probably do actually Denver at two and Golden State dropping to three because I don't see Golden State gunning for the first seed this year. Um, the the only co- reason I, dude, I literally had the same thing. I, I flipped it uh, yesterday because I right. had the same thought. And I was like, you know what? Now I'm going to keep it because I think the Warriors have the depth. You know, they get Wiseman back. They yep. have the young guys. Yep. Even if they want to do the rest management stuff. You know, Jordan Poole's there, all this stuff, right? They'll be fine, I think. But right. Go on, sorry. Right. No, no. And it's just like for Golden State, really, it's like, okay, you guys are champions. You know, like through the previous season that you guys can last rounds, right? Like it's it's a matter of mental fortitude for them more than anything. They've won four chips, right? The big three. They have young pieces like Andrew Wiggins is still there. And then you have like Looney, 
who looks like 70 years old, but goddamn, he's 25, you know? You got Wiseman. Moody's probably going to start coming into his own, coming off the bench, right? And, like, my biggest question, too, and maybe this is something that I'll ask you, do you think at some point during the season we're going to see Clay Thompson come off the bench? No. No, no way. No, unless unless there's injuries, no. Unless there's injuries, because for me, I have a huge question mark with with. Okay, now we're gonna finally get a full season of Clay back. Like we're really gonna see it throughout 82 games, you know. And my question is, is he still the same player? Because it doesn't matter, bro. This isn't this isn't 2K, man. They're not gonna bench him. <laughs> no, I, I understand. I understand, but it's like. <laughs> With Jordan Poole having such an amazing season, and it's like if Clay can't perform and they're starting to get towards the end of the season and they want to, like, let's say they drop a few seedings, do you not try to put Jordan Poole in for Clay? It would never be for Clay because Poole's a shitty defender. He is. He is. That's why he play he personally comes play. off the bench. It, that's his best role. Yeah, you would never like, play. You would never play a lineup with Curry and Poole. I mean, you would play a lineup, but never starting lineup with Curry and Poole because you know that would be so dumb. That would almost be like playing like Lillard and McCollum in the same lineup. Right. I know. And look how that worked out for us. Yeah. So. Um. But yeah, no, that would dude, be my on, thing. On that, that's 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 so silly, bro. They're not going to bench Clay until he's like retiring. Right. I guess that that would be my thing then is does Clay perform and how does Wiseman immerse into the system well? Because like so far in the preseason, he's looks absolutely godly. All right. Well, I'll give you my predictions. I'll give you my predictions. I think Wiseman takes over Looney's role and proves why he was the second pick. Yeah. In the 2020 draft. And I think that Clay proves why he is Clay. Like he's back. Defense, offense, everything. If Clay's back, it's going to be a good thing for the league because he was back. He was back in spurts. He had that one mm-hmm. playoff game against the Grizzlies, right? Yeah, where it was all game six yep. Clay again, right? Yep. And then, um, he started to play. He started to show show out a little bit more on defense too. Just like he got embarrassed guarding Jaw a little bit. I think like the days of him guarding the uber athletes like that are over. But the the more sizable wings, like you know your, um. Your your Kawhi's or your Paul George, it's like I think he's still going to be able to guard those guys relatively effectively if Wiggins isn't is the one guarding them. Like for the Clippers, for example, someone's got to guard Paul George if Wiggins is on Kawhi. And I, I would right. pick I would pick Clay in that starting lineup to do that, or or Draymond. I don't know, it could be. But can I pose another question? Do you think we're going to see a regression in Draymond this year? What sort of regression? Um, a, a basketball regression, an emotional regression, a basketball morale, just, morale regression. I guess it could be all encompassing, but I feel like, especially towards the end of the playoffs, I know he had spurts of like getting himself back on the floor, but I am actually really questioning how Draymond's season is going to work out this year with all the emotional turmoil and stuff. But I mean, just as a basketball player, it's because like at times he was unplayable. Well, here I'll give you this. So I I, I have his basketball reference open. Going from the 2017 to 2018 season, which was the last championship they won with KD, right? He averaged 11 points, 6.6 rebounds, and almost, uh, or sorry, uh, 7.6 rebounds and 7.3 assists, right? So 11, 7, 7. Great. Uh, and a block and a steal. 
Now, all that's changed in five years, basically, four and a half years, is he averages three and a half points less. And that's how it's been for the last four seasons, is he averages around seven to eight points instead of 11, which he did for the previous four seasons in the real you know, Warriors peak, 2014 to 18, he averaged 11 points a game. Now, he's averaged seven to eight points a game. None of the other stats have really changed. So let me flip it back on you now. Mm. Did we not already see the Draymond drop off? Draymond drop off. I guess we did, and now my question would be, like, what you think he's going to go? What he averages for like four points and four rebounds and four assists now? Is that what you're getting at? Because if that's what you're getting at, I'd say absolutely not. He's no, no, he's no. I don't think fine. he's going to. I think he get a regression like seven, that. Seven and seven, just fine. <laughs> His triple single. Um, like, I know, guess it's silly, bro. Like he he does what he does. Like he's valuable to Golden State. You can. There's all this talk that he might get traded. He wants to push his way to the Lakers, right? He's valuable for the Warriors, man. He would never have the level of value that he does to any other team. Like the perfect comparison, right? If he went to the Lakers instead of doing dribble handoffs with Steph, who's he doing dribble handoffs with? Russ, Patrick Beverly. Braun, mm-hmm. it's gonna suck, bro. Like it's gonna suck. He the only team. This is the only team I'll ever be good on. And the sooner right. he notices that, the better for him. That's so fair. Because like in my opinion, bro. Like there will there won't be a Draymond drop off for you know like he just he just does what he does. He's averages seven seven and seven. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, leads the know, playmaking role. I get that drop off from that point. You're like you're not even in the NBA anymore. Once you you know like when you're already scoring seven points, what's the drop off? I guess the drop off is just like this year, especially in the finals when you got to see the ball. The ball was in Draymond's hands, and there was no plays he could make. The offense was so damn bad, and I get that because that's his role. But my question is, once teams start covering all the other players and force Draymond to do something, it's like, I don't know how that's going to keep him on the floor offensively if he's not know, useful. The, the, oh my, uh, you, could, you could have said the same thing from 2017 until now. So I think he'll be good. Yeah, I think he's proved me wrong every time. <laughs> you know but goddamn, dude, like, I've never seen Draymond benched and look so useless in the finals before. And he, but he was fine with getting benched. Yeah, and uh, no, no, I get that. I get so that. It's like, dude, he's gonna be fine. It's the same thing with Clay. Like, dude, these these guys are literally grandfathered into their roles. They're fine. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess. I just want to know if that's where it's kind of like where I think maybe Denver can take the the two seed. Is that kind of like push from Golden State where some of their core players start to just regress a little bit? But with Clay, it's like it's Draymond like still, okay, Draymond still d's up Jokic compared to any other player. Any other player, there literally is no d'ing up Jokic, and Draymond does better than damn near ninety eight percent of the other players. Good point. Good point. I hate okay. Draymond, but he's good at basketball, man. Yeah, he's a also, prick. He's an asshole. He shouldn't. Have yeah, he's a prick. Cool. 
I, if we want to I'm still disappointed. I'm still disappointed in the whole. That's why I think too chemistry. The I hope nothing fucking happens. Embarrassing. I can't believe the guy. Did you hear the estimate? It was like fifty to a hundred grand for the video to be leaked to TMZ. Yeah, you wouldn't do the same. No, no, no. I'm not judging. I'm just saying, like, how dysfunctional that shit is. Like, oh my god, uh, like, that's, bro, that, that that's not that has nothing to do with dysfunction, bro. That is that is the, the society we live in. <laughs> TMZ. That 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 itself that's is TMZ, a dysfunction. You know? I can't. I just can't believe that video got leaked. You know, you're like, doing it, bro. You're doing it. You're doing what everyone else did, and you're like excusing the actual thing that happened. No, 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 no. I just, I get it. I get you it. Can't it focus no. On that. I know. It's like, oh my god, we saw practice. You're like, what do you mean, oh my god? It's 2022. We just saw a documentary from 1997 that had a million cameras in the practice. What the fuck are we surprised about that it leaked? Like, that's so stupid to me. I don't know. It's because, like, bro, we just saw practice from we just saw practice film from 1997 in the Last Dance. And we're surprised that's that true. this like little clip leaks from 2022 that happened the other day. It's like no shit, it did. Everything right, but, recorded. Right. I don't know. It's because like I, there are probably fights that have didn't leak, like definitely did not yeah, go as bad. Leaked is the only reason it leaked is because that shit's egregious. Yeah, it was. It was fucked yeah. up. The reason it, it leaked up. is because it stood out to the person that leaked it. <laughs> <laughs> He was like, Think yo, this it, is dude. a bread. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's fucking egregious. You don't punch someone in the face when their hands are down. Right. You know? Right. And I know. Because it's Draymond Green, who's polarizing, they went and got a bag, bro. Like, that's that's how it works. There should be no surprise about how it leaked or, oh, my God, it leaked. And I think it's a shame that that's what Draymond Green and uh, the Warriors and Steve Kerr are focusing on rather than the guy that they're about to give $140 million to just got socked in the face by a guy who can only score seven points in a game. Facts. <laughs> you know Facts. <laughs> no, no, no. I agree. I agree. I, it's, so, it's so sad because it's like Wiggins and Poole are kind of spearheading the torch. And it's like that's just the dumbest thing that you could do to somebody that's probably going to carry you later in your career. You know, that's like that. And that's why it's like, oh, my God, what if that emotionally like turns shit upside down? I don't know. They'll still be the second best team up on the fucking Wizards or something. No, (laughs) no, dude. No, he has to be a Golden Stater. (laughs) He has to. I wouldn't be surprised if they sign and trade him. I'm just going to lie. Hey, let me say this right now. Let me put it out there while it's uh, being recorded. And I can be held accountable for saying it. If Golden State has to pick someone, they're picking Draymond. Jordan Poole get signed and traded. <laughs> yeah, they're picking Draymond. Yeah, dude, this is—he's about to go to the Kings or some shit. Yeah, no, no it's 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 wild. I, I think they'll, I think they'll get over it. I know that sounds like stupid. I really hope so, because if not, Jordan Poole is Jordan Poole is going to be scoring thirty-five on on a play uh, playing team somewhere. Well. I think the here, – here's what I'll say about it too, and then I'm done on this topic. It's so fucking stupid. If you look at it, like, not – they're not basketball players anymore, you know? They're just – they were – they're normal people who are getting a run in in a gym, you know? That's a 35-year-old dude who just 
squared up and punched a 21-year-old kid in the face with his hands down. Yeah. That's, like, so unbelievably not okay. Right. You know what I mean? Like, just think of, like, Draymond Green's almost 35 years old. Jordan Poole just became of legal drinking age. Like, I'm not saying just because he's young, he didn't say something outlandish to Draymond. Like, I'm sure they, but it's it's a basketball court, you know? Like, Yeah, you're supposed to feel safe at your fucking work. And, and Draymond's, I, yeah. Draymond's whole thing is that he has thick skin. Not so much, it seems. That's all I'll say. Right, no, no. If he had thick skin, you wouldn't punch him in the face. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, no. I agree. I agree. Um, you know what? Now he's got his mom coming to his defense, which is even more embarrassing. But we'll. Leave Ugh, we'll leave I know. I know. Um, so I guess at third, at the third, you had Denver too, right? Yeah. Do Do you see any way of them taking the second seed though? Yeah, I think there's a world uh, injuries happen. Like, dude, if if Curry gets hurt. I'm not wishing any of this, of course, right? But, like, if Curry gets hurt or, like, either if Kawhi or Paul George gets hurt, the Nuggets probably competing for the one seed. Do you think and Jamal... stay healthy, that's the thing. You know, there's just... I don't think it's... I think, you know, full strength versus full strength, I don't think they're going to take take over. Right. Um, but if thing, things happen, you know, so if something were to break right for the Nuggets or wrong for another team... I think they're the one that's easily going to elevate to the top. Right, because I, I see that too. I think the acquisitions, you know, Denver getting like KCP, I think is a, a huge upgrade on, on the two coming in. Like Bruce you, more Bruce Brown. Like you have like kind of like, you know, just like defenders and role players like surround them around Murray, MPJ, Joker. Like I think, I think there is a chance that – Jokic just, you know, averages a triple double with all the offensive power around him um, now. And yeah, and that's the thing is like last year, like just watching Jokic sometimes, it's like, holy shit, how did he make that pass? Like, oh, like if he had Jamal Murray on that corner three or MPJ, that's another two, three assists on the board. Right. And like, I think this year is going to be maybe a little less scoring, but I think he's really going to stuff the stat sheet. And there are going to be nights where Jokic just wins games, like for you, obviously. And like, we'll see with like Golden State and where they go. Cause that's why I have such a big question with Wiseman, too. Cause it's like, I really want to see Wiseman fight against some of these elite bigs. And I think the Nuggets, that's their one position where it's like they're so dominant in the West. You know, like Jokic is the monster of the West in terms of big men. So if Golden State, if James Wiseman can actually like do a good job and him and Draymond kind of go at Jokic, like I do see Golden State like pretty cemented in the two. But if there's no way that they can stop Jokic, I think there is a chance that the Denver Nuggets could take the second seed. We shall see. See. We're yes, now less than one week away from the regular season tip off. Six days. And uh, with that being said, I don't know what day we're going to do it yet, but this episode should hopefully be getting out sometime this week and on the, on the 13th or so of October. But I believe this weekend or Monday next week, we're, we're going to record our burning questions before NBA tip-off where we'll go through all of our awards predictions, um, who do we think is the most overrated or underrated team, which coach is on the hot seat, 
as well as dive into some of the highlights in our top 50 player rankings that me and Andy both did separately. So we'll see see what we can argue about a little bit more. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But a lot more uh, fun content coming before we before we get into the regular season and start having our weekly episodes covering the NBA action itself. Uh, anything you want to say before we jump on out of here, Andy? Nah, nah, we're good. Let's do it then. Thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, cheers. Peace. Peace.